0: Okay, I'm going to, I you guys, okay everybody, welcome to Faded Mates. We're just going to start because oh, then right it's going to just be, it's just going to be like insane. So I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and critic. And I'm Sarah McLean, a romance, shit, I
1: can never do it in this order. I'm Sarah McLean, I read romance novels and I write them.
0: Fine, I'm sorry. And then we are with two amazing guests. So introduce yourselves and then we're going to talk about what we're doing here.
2: Okay, um, hello, I'm Christina. Hi. I am Lauren, and together we write as Christina
1: Lauren. Christina Lauren! It's so exciting! (laughs) Christina and Lauren have a new book out called The True Love Experiment, but we are not
0: here to talk about that terrific homage to romance (laughs) novels. Why would we do that? (laughs) You're just going to have to trust us and go get it, and everything else they've ever written. What we're here today to do, ostensibly, is to have a read-along episode of Twilight, only with a bit of a... Well, I think it'll be hilarious. Only one of us has read Twilight recently. That's Sarah. She did it for the first Hello, time. Hello,
1: I've never read Twilight. Stounding. <laughs> no, until you never say until that again. today. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever said that before. <laughs> yeah, no, why would you? That's like, yeah. The rest of us have read Twilight and experienced the whole Twilight thing through various ways, right? And none of us have reread it, so it's just vibes for us. And we're going to kind of see basically, like, what's real from our memories to the text and what isn't, along with other hilarity, I think. Yes, but I I do think
1: that it's important for us to discuss, at least briefly, and I mean, maybe this is how we come to, how do we all come to Twilight to begin with? Like, what do we know about Twilight? Um, We need to talk about why Christina and Lauren are here with us today, because this was not sort of a random selection of people we love.
0: (laughs) It is a very purposeful selection of people we love. So,
1: first question, how did you all come to Twilight, and how is it relevant
3: to your lives? (laughs) Okay, well, hi, this is Christina. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Loa and I met writing Twilight fan fiction and we both came to it in very different ways. Um, I came to Twilight, it was 2009. I think Breaking Dawn had just come out. And I live in Utah and obviously Stephanie Meyer is Mormon. So it was everywhere here. And I was being a little bit stubborn that I wasn't going to read it. And um, because so I was like, it's a teenage book, da da da. But when I went on vacation, or my husband was working out of town and I went with him, my sister in law put the book in my suitcase, and so then I was mm-hmm. in California, and and my daughter was in the pool, and I didn't have anything to do, so I found this book and I started reading it, and I was hooked so fast, and I immediately there was a Borders that's not there anymore, unfortunately, that was just oh, like four one out a border. few minutes away, <laughs> and I immediately went and bought just book after book and read them all that entire time. And um, a a little bit later I was recovering from surgery and I was in bed and I was just like scrolling and uh, I stumbled upon fan fiction and it blew my mind. Like, what is this thing? What I wanted more than anything at that moment was more Twilight. And here was this entire community of people, mostly women writing these characters Doing all sorts of things, being, I wanted Midnight Sun more than anything. And somebody had finished Midnight Sun. And uh, then, oh, look, Edward was a barista. Oh, look, Edward was a CEO. There was just all of this stuff. It just, it changed my entire life. And I started writing fic. And um, I will forever be so grateful to Stephanie Meyer because I have said this before. I didn't know that I had anything to say until I had this like community and this platform to say it in. And that's how I met Lo. Lois Lo Lauren. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, Lo. And I never call her Lauren unless she's in trouble.
1: How did you come to Twilight?
2: So I had been writing fan fiction pretty much my whole, you know, writing life. I think I started writing fic when I was 12. We talked about it on the pod before when I was writing Days of Our Lives fan fiction. Um, but, you know, I'd been really, really intensely devoted to the Buffy fandom. And I have a close friend who is the director of programming for Comic-Con. And he had been hearing about Twilight. He knew it was a thing. And he's like, I really think you should read these books. And I was so insulted (laughs) because I was like, how dare you recommend these books to a Buffy fan? Like, this is so, you know, you're just like, read the room, dude. And, um, but my dad had been in surgery. He'd been in the ICU for like two weeks. He was coming out. He had to do all this rehab to be able to walk again and stuff. And so I went home to help my mom bring him home. And so there was a lot of downtime where he was like sleeping and stuff. And so I w- I read the first book and I was just, I had just been in super, super, super obsessed with Jane Eyre again as an adult. Like I read it and I was just like, couldn't get over it. And so I used like Twilight as a chaser to like get me off of this obsession. <laughs> and it just like unknowns to me, I was going <laughs> to, I think I was primed and um, yeah, so I was reading it in the Bay area. I read the first book and I just felt like my brain had been hijacked and I was a little pissed about it but whatever and I went to this independent bookstore in Berkeley to get the second book and I walk in and I ask the guy working there like do you have the second book in the twilight series and he looked at me like he like <laughs> like he wanted to spit on me. He was so <laughs> horrified that I would ask that of his curated posh store. Yeah. So I was like, whatever, dude. So I went to Barnes and Noble and I went to the section that had like a bajillion copies of all the other books. And in front of the new moon there, there was a handwritten letter on binder paper that started dear vampire lovers everywhere. This book is an abomination to no. vampire literature. <laughs> you know, basically, please do not buy it. I, you know, in this, I mean, it was a full page, like eight by 12 binder paper. So I was like, oh, that's really cute. I, like, moved it aside and took the book and went (laughs) up to the front. And I told the woman, I was like, you know, there's a really cute letter back there. Like, there's this letter that, this, you know, somebody wrote. She's like, is it there again? (laughs) It's Like, we take it down every day. And every day there's another letter there. Like, there is some kid that was so committed to hating on Twilight (laughs) that they would, like, put a letter up in Barnes & Noble every day. Anyway, so I reached the end of Breaking Dawn. And I was, I just felt like a little betrayed, you know, I wanted something different for the ending and I just realized I could write it. And so I just went and did that. I rewrote Breaking Dawn for myself. So
1: that was your first right. Twilight fic was a rewrite of Breaking Dawn. Christina, what was your first Twilight
3: fic? So mine is, you would call it, um, a age where it was like alternate human, you know, all so, human, alternate. all human. Um, yeah. so they were, uh, they were humans and Edward was a, a CEO and, Bella was his assistant and shenanigans happened. And um, that's the thing about, about like Twy fandom is that at some point, I feel like a lot of it moved away from Twilight and it was just like a romance fiction community. Cause there are mm-hmm. so many fics that bore zero resemblance to the source material at all. Some that took really clever twists on it. Like one of our friends, that everybody will know is Sally Thorne. She was writing "Thick um, with us in the fandom at the exact same time. And her um, fic is our favorite and it's called A Blessing and a Curse. And it's a play on Wuthering Heights where um, they're humans and Edward can't read anyone's mind except hers. And he sort of like manipulates her and it's just like this angsty, delicious thing. So It's just like such an amazing, wonderful, creative place. And so one of the things I had said to these guys is like, it's going to be funny to see how much Lo and I remember (laughs) because we have there's book canon, there's film canon, there's movie canon. And then I have read all of the extra. So, you know, Midnight Sun, the Midnight Sun draft plus life or death. Yeah, I want to get to
1: this extra stuff in just a second because you keep talking about life or death and I don't understand life and death. I don't understand what that is. So we'll get there. Jen, how did you come to Twilight?
0: Okay, I wait before I answer that. because I have a I have my answer, which is so did both of you only start reading Twilight when all the books were out or almost when all the books are out?
3: for me it was when they were all were yeah
2: christina started before i did but i read them all in the fall after the movie came out so like
3: the The very first movie was already out so was the movie already out when you when you started christina no um when i was in california reading the books mtv was like they were shooting the movie at the time and this is when mtv was doing the like Behind the scenes, they were releasing clips that they were showing all of these, like, very flirty clips of uh, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. I'm sure that influenced it because it was the characters, like, building in my head right along with
0: reading. When so. did the movie come out? Somebody look it up because I want that 2008. Year. Okay. So this is a f- – so I actually went back and looked. I remembered the story about how I came to Twilight, but I didn't remember the year. So I – I'm sure people maybe know this – is – um. When I met my husband, we lived in California, in Oakland. And then when our son was born, um, we were like, it's so crazy and expensive here. We have to leave. And so my husband got a job in Seattle. And we moved to Seattle when Little Romance was one. And then we left when he was one and a half because I was like, this place sucks. Sorry, everybody. Um, (laughs) Like, we hated it. Apologies, Seattle. (laughs) And this is, I think, important, I think – Only because of the setting of the books, like kind of my feelings about this place. No, No. so we moved away (laughs) from Seattle in February of 2006. And I had a really good friend in Seattle that I had done Teach for America with in Texas. So my friend, another friend named Kelly, Kelly Kaufman. And I were really close, and like she was like my one, like a real friend in Seattle. And she was a, she's also a big fantasy kind of fantasy reader and like romance. And she's just like a, like a staunch reading buddy and was kind of the only thing that got me through living there. So, anyway, we moved to Chicago, and I just checked my email because I remember this. So it was mid December of 2006. So we had left Seattle, you know, eight months earlier. And she said, have you read Twilight? And I said, no, not yet. And she said, okay, well, I have an extra copy. I'm going to send it to you. So my friend sent it to me and then I read it. And the thing you also needed, and it was really in a weird way kind of hard for me. I was like, fuck that place. I do not want to read no. about anything <laughs> set in fucking Washington. Like I just was like – Fuck everything. You know what I mean? Like a lot of my like angsty feelings about Twilight are so tied up in like the setting, which is really funny to me to kind of name. Cause it's that those feelings are gone now. You know what I mean? Like, but it was Weirdly. so fresh. But the, but the setting <laughs> yeah. is such a
3: huge part yeah.
0: of the book. Yeah. And I was really it's like Yeah. So I was kinda like, I don't know if I really am interested in reading this. But then once it was like forks or whatever, I was like, oh, that's different. Fine. Um and I really loved the first book. And at that point, the second book was out. And the I remember reading that on a plane. Like, I think I must have picked it up at an airport bookstore. And I was like, oh, there's the second Twilight book. And, like, remember really vividly, like, literally turning the page and getting to that one scene where it's, like, the mm-hmm. blank pages and being like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Um, but my oh, – like that book. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, what's really interesting is, like, my experience of reading these books is – very tied up in, for me, reading them with my students. Mm-hmm. So my, this, I mean, Twilight was so inescapable as a thing in YA. And, you know, I taught seventh grade, so it was like the perfect time. And, I mean, I just had kids who really, like, loved the books. And so mm-hmm. I, I read the books only, I and the, I watched the movies eventually, but I was never tied up. In, I never read fic, I never any of that. So, but I it's very much filtered through the lens of, like, what was it like to read this as a 13-year-old girl?
3: Mm-hmm. I was working at a school at the time, so that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And also, like, the sort of defensiveness. I would sort of, like, like run a lot of interference for boys who would, like, make fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, right? So it's, like, very, like, tied up in my work life in a way that a lot of romance isn't, mm-hmm. really. So –
2: when you say, when you say defensive, yeah. def- defending it against boys, I, it reminded me of the night that, that Christina and I actually met. So she flew out to Comic-Con because I had, was organizing a panel on fan fiction and she had the huge story, the office where he was the CEO and she was the assistant. I mean, this was, a, this, was in Watt, this was before what so this was before what had, so this is before, you know, you'd get millions of hits just because of page turns, but she had like 10 million hits on this story, which was like unheard of. At the time. Anyway, so we met and we were like waiting in line to go to the new moon panel and we're sleeping on the sidewalk because we had to like hold our spot in line all night. And this guy walks by and he's like making fun of, you know, all these women in line waiting for twilight. And Christina's like, dude, you're dressed like an orc. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Amazing.
1: This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Alexander Harvey,
0: author of the Duchess Games. So in the Duchess Games, we have local Duke um, Callum Winter, the Duke of Tremaine, and he, his mother wants him to marry. So the Duchess Games is essentially ladies are invited to display their accomplishments in dancing, music, <laughs> and all social graces. What oh, Callum and his mother probably did not expect was that uh, Catriona Sparrow... Has her own agenda for the Duchess game. She's going to show him that she can steal his signet ring. (laughs) Oh, boy. She wants to start a smuggling operation. Very common sense wise. (laughs) She has a third. She's a 31 year old spinster with younger siblings, four dogs, a cranky goat and a one eyed fox to support. What better way to start things off than take the Duke's ring and get things going?
1: Oh, my God. This sounds like the perfect book for a Tessa
0: Dare Absolutely. So she is, you know, out there participating in the Duchess games and she discovers that she and Callum had a passionate summer long ago and she thought he would not remember. And so she might not be Duchess (gasps) material.
1: But of course he does. But
0: maybe they're going to find their happily ever after. Oh, this one sounds great for
1: people who are looking for fish out of water romances, for mutual pining, for second chances. You can find The Duchess Games in print or audio or ebook or with a monthly subscription to Kindle Unlimited. Thanks as always to Alexander Harvey for sponsoring this week's episode. Um, well, I already admitted it, but I have never read twilight and that is uh something that i have lied about a lot over the course of my
3: career (laughs) because you don't want to you don't want to hear what
1: (laughs) i mean i don't think i've ever like expressly said like oh i've never read twilight you know with pride i've or i've I'm sorry. Let me repeat. Let me rephrase. I don't think I've ever expressly said like, oh, yes, I've read Twilight. I know all about it. But I feel like I've done a lot of like, uh-huh, yes, when people talk about Twilight, right, sort of like pretending <laughs> like, yeah. to know.
2: Um, but also there's so much of it in the air that
0: you just yeah, like,
3: like
2: get
1: by.
3: You can right? fake your way through exactly. it. Right.
2: And it's what's parody funny. now.
0: Have yes. you seen the movies or do you nothing?
1: Nothing. So okay. I actually gave you all homework before we started this po- this episode. And I also did homework where I wrote before I started to read the four things that I knew <laughs> about Twilight on the page. Because I was like, what? what will those things be from? <laughs> so um, we'll get there. But I want to talk. I just want to do a little bit of history, which is Twilight was published in 2005. Um, and I guess my big question for the two of you is... Do you feel since you both came to uh to the fanfic community around Twilight, sort of in the ether of the movies, like Christina talked about these sort of very romantic clips coming out and being released? Was Twilight Fic uh m- much bigger after the movies in terms of did it explode post film?
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. As far as yeah. I remember it did,
1: yeah.
2: I think most of the big ones started in late 2008 and the first half of 2009. Okay. And it certainly persisted after that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that was like the main heyday of fandom was late 2008 through like mid 2010 was when most everybody was there. But the biggest one started pretty soon after that first movie came out.
1: And it feels like, you know, one of the reasons why we chose to do this deep dive is because you really, I think, can't talk about modern contemporary romance, um, sort of post two thousand and ten, without talking at some about Twilight, without running into an author who came from Twilight fic. And one of the things that we've talked about so much on the podcast recently is how there's like this rise of Raylo fic, right? Like, um, yeah, I was going to say that's going to be the new one related. Yeah. You know, Ally Hazelwood, of course, being the the dominant. One, But now there's so many new fics that are coming out and people are saying, oh, that's Raylo, that's Raylo, that's Raylo. I think we really were doing that also post sort of 2010 with Twilight. And it's impossible to have this conversation without saying, like, obviously Fifty Shades is the significant Twilight fic that, you know, the one ring to rule them all <laughs> in yeah, a lot yeah. of ways, right. like in pers- in the reader's perception. But you all wrote Beautiful Bastard. Um which came out of that world. Rebecca Weatherspoon was writing out of that world. Sally Thorne was writing out of that world.
2: Who else are we? Who Alice else is- Clayton, Nina Bochi, Amanda Weaver um, Helena oh, hunting. I mean, she put, she's published um also the her tat word, uh, clipped wings and Inked armor.
3: Yeah. It's funny because the same thing's happening now where when we see a summary for a book. We're like, was that Ray Lofick? Yeah. yeah. Where in like 2012, we were like, yeah. was that Dwight a... But it's interesting because I do
1: think there's a difference because in Ray it almost feels like, oh, I can see Adam Driver.
3: Yes. But yes. Yes. am
2: I seeing Robert Pattinson in all these fics? No, I don't think all of us came for a Robert Pattinson reason. I mean, I certainly wasn't uh, ever like an RPAT stan, And a lot of people were for sure, especially in the all human fic side. Mm. Um, But not all of them. And I will say it's interesting that like, identifying something as Raylo at this point recommends it. Whereas back in the day, identifying something as former Twilight fic was very, like very much a stain. Like you had to kind of work to get past that to convince people that it was worth reading. And I don't know if that's a change in attitude about fic in general, or if it's because Raylo comes from a like male approved, you know, oh, interesting yeah. versus like Twilight being this sort of YA women.
0: Girls. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, you know like-
3: that's true because, um, you know, Allie, I think, now I might be getting this wrong, but I'm almost positive that her agent came to her and mm-hmm. said, have you thought about doing this? Where Lo and I were signed by Holly Root for an original. It wasn't thick. We had decided we were not doing thick anymore and stuff. And we did not tell her. We even wrote thick. We deleted our Twitters. We did all these things because it was kind of like looked down upon and stuff. And we were worried that nobody would take us seriously. And when 50 shades came out, we told Holly and she was like, what are you- So you were like internet famous, that's, that's you know, and um, we've always been very honest about the fact that we wrote fic like we're so proud of it. We couldn't do this job that we have now without having done that. Um, but yeah, at the time, the industry looked down on it a lot in a way that it absolutely does not now. Now it's their like, platform, platform. Right.
1: I mean, in the last prior to the boom of Raylo fic, there was all that what we called Stucky fic, right? The, from, from Marvel. And then, of course, before predating the Twilight fic were the rise of the middle grade and YA Harry Potter fics that became like Cassandra Clare and others, right? So,
3: But I think it was frowned on that too, wasn't yeah, it? I don't I think, think that, so. I don't think that fandom was like, yay, when have I succeeding? In the same way that with Raylo, they are.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting point. That's real. I, I also, well, maybe it's, I will say I have thick blindness. Like, you know how people have face blindness? People will tell me it's a Raylo thick. Like you could put like 10 books in front of me. Adriana did the other day. She's like, that's a Raylo thick. that's a Raylo. And I was like, I don't understand how or why but okay.
2: You know, so <laughs> That's the beauty of fic though. Right. It if,
0: doesn't necessarily it's like it's not the
2: emotion, it's not always the emotional arc of the book. It's not always the same Yeah, makes,
0: type, that makes you know? that it seems functionally meaningless to someone who doesn't read fic like it in the sense that like that doesn't mean anything to me good or bad, but I think it's a really interesting point you make about like a male approved. Raylo is one of the first, like, male-approved, like, really deeply embedded in, like, sort of, you know. And I also think it's also Star Wars. The Star Wars fandom is—I mm-hmm. I mean, I, we didn't call it a fandom back in the day, but like those movies have been around for forty years, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like a way deeper. Right. I yeah. don't know, but there's bench also
1: a sort of Raylo is a really visual. It. That's a visual story, right? That people mm-hmm. are rewriting versus Twilight is text.
0: Book to book, so yeah.
1: I yeah. also want to say that I think that there's something I've done. I did a lot of research, and you guys know a lot more than I do, so just correct me if I'm wrong, but um, as I understand This is it, the
2: only time that you will ever say that. I know! <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally read a lot of stuff about it.
1: <laughs> but as I understand it, this Twilight in itself is a little bit of fic because Stephanie Meyer has said publicly that it's a retelling of Pride and Prejudice, which again as a Pride and Prejudice person, as I was reading it, I was like, wait, is it? But then it, to Lauren's point, it feels more like fic than a retelling. If that's because she's taken these kind of character archetypes and done something completely different with them. Yeah.
3: Um, So anyway, I think. Which was Twilight fandom in like 2009, 2010. Yeah. When I say it was like a romance community, that's sort of what I meant. It was like, that was a jumping off point. The very few. I mean, Masters of the Universe. It was Fifty Shades. It has like a lot of the same beats, but it's you know what I mean. It's yeah, not the same experience. Yeah.
1: yeah, a sort of reluctant obsession as a theme. Yeah, that which is
2: Pride and Prejudice. Right, and and it's whatever inspires you to write a story. You know, we I think fandom is just more honest about that than like somebody writing. You know, going reading a book that they get really obsessed with and thinking, I want to do this. That's also basically writing thick. You are inspired by this to get up there and write a book. And um, in this case, we were just writing stories online, but they didn't always look like Twilight. They didn't, you know, Edward was
3: sometimes nothing like Edward in the book. I mean, I know my Bella was nothing like Bella in the books. All right. So, well, so let's Bella's get into Bella's kind of like nothing. Let's so. get into <laughs> it. This is a good
1: <laughs> segue. <laughs> segue. I mean, okay, because... Uh, So I asked you all before we started to uh, name the three to four things that you remember sort of vividly and associate vividly with Twilight, the book. So we're trying to keep it to just Twilight, but I appreciate that for you all, there's a lot more. Um, And I did the same thing. So, but if, who wants to go first?
0: Well, I'll go (laughs) first because I think mine is like probably the, okay, so- I mean, Forks, Washington is a setting and like. I, and I was, a real
1: place, I discovered.
0: And a real, yes, a real place. Yeah, apparently, um, they have a very important visitor center. I think, and her like a rival, right? Like her sort of like, I'm going to live with my dad because mom's going off to get married or whatever. I don't remember why. She actually. marries a
1: minor league baseball player. I'll just pop in and give sure. you all of okay. like, co-
0: the color commentary. So I would say <laughs> there, it goes funny because I was thinking about it. The things I really vividly remember about Twilight then are actually I have to do with cars. So he saves her in a parking lot from like a, a, a like a runaway car or whatever that's about to hit her. And then uh, the, the scene I probably love the best is the one where she's in some other little town. And he can read the minds of some men who have spotted her and are going to like attack her or whatever. And he arrives to save her. And to this day, that is probably one of my favorite scenes in – a lot of books. It's Listen, great. That is the great. That is when Sarah came online while reading. I'm sure book. it was. <laughs> I got to that and I was I, like, "Oh shit! Oh, it's happening. Yep. yeah." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know you and I, I slid and into the chat at that moment. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, I would say those for me were like the like, and I think is there a scene where he like smells her blood or something, and crev- like he she accidentally pricks herself or whatever, and he like it's a classic yes yeah. okay that's but that, those are what i remember she
1: actually does not prick herself that's true she doesn't she oh, it's christina remembers blood. Blood. every moment <laughs> smell he of blood okay class that day because he can't yes, do it very he, oh okay him okay yes. gotcha okay very all right so those are my responsible
2: vampiring who's next so i will say that i it just like christina i it was gets all very like inflated in my head you know what i mean the, it's all mixed up which is book and which is fandom and which is movies but i wrote them down as assigned and then i went to make sure that they were actually in the book because some of the stuff that i remembered from the book so clearly like sucking me in wasn't actually in the movie and the first one is in both and it is the hello in the classroom when he has been very cold to her And then he comes back the next day after he's like hunted and he's like golden eyed again. And he's (laughs) like, hello, I didn't get a chance to introduce myself. Like in that scene, I remember being like, okay, I'm in. (laughs) Um, The next one is after he finds her in Port Angeles and they're having dinner. And that scene is much longer and it goes differently in the book than in the movie because they talk a lot more in the restaurant. And I remember this line. I actually have to find it. It won't take me long because I tabbed it. That I remember reading it and
0: being like, holy shit. Bring (laughs) it on. Yeah. We will pause while you find it. So,
2: No, no, it's fine. It's like, they're talking about how, um, you know, she's like risked her life and like he saved her. Right. So one is the Tyler almost hitting her with the van. The second is the guys in Port Angeles. And she's like, um, did you ever think that my number was up the first time with the van and you've been interfering with fate? And he says, that wasn't the first time your number was up the first time I met you. And I remember <laughs> reading that and I was like, Whoa! <laughs> So that one, I remember the, the, the meal. And then the third is, uh, sorry, sorry. At the beach with Jacob. I just remember like wanting so much more information, but I, I do think it's really interesting that like, the conversation in the car coming back from Port Angeles, they do everything in that conversation. they
1: mm-hmm. It's all there. There's yes. I mean, I want to, we'll do a sort of overview for, you know, everyone, but that conversation is the meat of their character. Arc. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is yeah, why it's, it's great. so compelling. All of a sudden you start, you unpack all of it. Yeah. Christina. Okay. All
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, homework. So I could seriously talk about Twilight for like, the Entire day. Um, so one of my favorites is, uh, and also a lot of my things are are like mostly book, but they're influenced by other things. So blood typing is one of my favorites because I feel like that's the first moment that you really see him flirt with her, and you see that he is not this like grumpy, surly, you know. And 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 the little hints about uh, when she says that she can smell blood, and he's sort of fascinated by that. Um, and in the ways that he's sensing that she's a little different I think that that's like foreshadowing for like her later on um and then uh the meadow because that's the first time they kiss sure. um although that kiss is the movie kiss blows that kiss out of the water no, okay. kiss. I say
0: the kissing, like, movie kiss is great. yeah the
1: kissing in this book is all very like are they kiss like the, what's happening have they kissed for a long time it's like his cold lips touched hers and then next yeah. the smell of, yeah. next of his thing. breath
3: and yeah yeah. Another part is they are talking in the cafeteria. And again, it's so much. It's funny because the things that I love in books and the things that I like to write in books are so tied up in the things that I loved about Twilight. So there's a scene in the cafeteria where they're talking and it's when he's sort of like playing like a little cat and mouse and like asking her questions. I think this is it's before the meadow. I think it is. but She has a bottle of Snapple. And one of the things in Midnight Sun, and now there's Midnight Sun, the draft, and then that she released when it was leaked. Explain and to everyone what Midnight Sun is. Please. Okay, so Midnight Sun is like basically a retelling of um, Twilight from Edward's point of view. And for those of you that were not in the fandom at the time, she was planning on writing the entire book. And then I think it's like 17 chapters or something leaked. And she was really hurt, really upset, and uh, she released those chapters online and basically was like, I don't want you to read them like this, but I know you're going to do it anyway, and I don't want you to feel bad about it, so I'm giving you these. Oh, that's that's really nice nice of her. I didn't really like Bella that much. In fact, when I said that the book sucked me in in the very first, you know, couple of chapters, it, it was the, like, It's very Mary Sue. It's easy to place yourself in this spot and remember what it was like when you were that age and stuff. So she did that, you know, she was really smart to do it that way. And it's like, you are this, what am I? I I'm a nobody, but this beautiful, perfect boy thinks that I am, you know. And so in this thing, where she's got this thing of Snapple and she's he's twisting the lid and stuff. And then you learn in Midnight Sun that he he kept the bottle cap. Mm. and he like has it with him all the time and he like ends up writing i think like bella's lullaby with this bottle cap sitting on the piano and i just thought that was like so romantic, <laughs> um, uh, romantic I, sample no yes yes and uh we also have to at some point talk about midnight sun because there are things that are different in midnight the draft versus The finished one, because I think during that cafeteria discussion, he's having that thought that was my favorite line that was like, I love you in dangerous. I can't even remember the exact line, um, dangerous ways or something. She took it out. And then um, another favorite is after Port Angeles. When they've basically decided they're going to sort of be together mm-hmm. and he picks her up from school for yeah, school yeah. the next morning and she walks out and suddenly there's this Volvo and him there opening the yeah. door. Yeah. And yeah. that is just like so sweet. Yeah, real and the, teenage and, fantasy stuff, right? And he's walking her to class and that's like all of us had that where like a boy walked us to class or was waiting after class or something. And he's basically tells her like, I think Jessica is wondering if we're dating now and what you think of me. And he tells her like, you can say yes to the first question, but uh, I'll yeah, be waiting, you're I'll listening. be listening or something. Yeah, for yeah. yeah Read mind. Yes. yes. And yeah. I was like,
1: this is great. I want more of this. Like, yeah. It, yeah. that's a great moment. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Lumi Labs, creators of Microdose Gummies, which deliver perfect entry level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good.
0: One of the things that I think has been so great about these microdose um, gummies is, you know, if you are really interested in the idea of like trying a small amount of THC to see if it works for you, creative boost, um, sleep or pain, maybe anxiety, you know, this is like a great product because it just really lets you try that small literal microdose. Um, You can find out more. Their website has lots of information about Like the whole concept of microdosing and how it can help you with wellness, creativity, or performance enhancement. They really do taste and feel amazing and come in lots of really different great flavors for you to try.
1: Microdose gummies are available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, you can do a quick search online or go to microdose.com and use the code FATEDMATES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. As always, links can be found in show notes, but again, that's microdose.com and code FATEDMATES. Thanks as always to Lumi Labs for sponsoring this week's episode.
0: We have been texting kind of in the lead up to this, the four of us. And the the really funny thing about like my experience of reading it, like especially like with students being kind of like my everything. It, all of my Twilight is like 13-year-old girl Twilight. And there was this really funny part where um, Lo was like – I was like the only like sex in that book – the only rounding the bases in that book is baseball, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> And Lo was like, that's – like, off page, they were all, like, you know, like, jerking off all the time. And I was like, excuse me, this book is very chaste, right? Like, the kissing <laughs> part. Like, this book is not sexy, really. Like, it's about, like, long – I mean, the book, the actual book itself, right? But this yeah. one text. Not that all the other stuff wasn't – the movie was way hornier, right? But yeah. just one of the things that I think it was really appealing to, like, my students and also to, like – baby romance reader Jen who's still in there somewhere right was was that very aspect of it right like Bella every it was I'm not a big self insert person when I read but it's impossible to not read Twilight like kind of in that way it invites you to do that um and I think that that was part of it also reminded me a lot of like the early romances I read where it was like a woman you know moves to some small community Julie Garwood rest in peace style right and She is just alone in this new world and has to figure it out. And like Bella, like Twilight really is structured in a lot of the ways of those books that I really loved. Right.
2: Yeah. And I do think, you know, speaking to the chase part, it really is. It's very innocent. The love is very new and pure and honestly, I think if it had been a standalone book with nothing else, I would never have been tempted to write fic because yeah. so much of the fic, I think, came out of this incredibly long series that just teased you increasingly more and more. Yes, Um And then you get to this final book where they bang, they get married, you know, she's like bruised and damaged and then he withholds again and so it's like this sort of pent-up reader just like wanting to see more happen and so they just came decided to write it themselves yeah. you know and yeah um but i do i do agree twilight itself is not a horny book you get to eclipse you know. and it is yeah, there's
0: right. a vibration of horniness
3: <laughs> yeah throughout
0: the entire. right right but yeah this first book is just very like mm-hmm. like just like i just want to look at him he's mm-hmm. pretty yeah literally and even
1: when he says things like I couldn't like I had to go hunting like the fir- that first scene at the lab table where like yeah. he recoils and she's like do I smell bad no my hair smells like strawberries I mean like does feel very like teenagery I definitely yeah. did that exact thing in lab in bio lab right and he is so resistant to her I can see why Midnight Sun would feel would would add a whole layer to this because you really don't ever it never quite gets to the point where you're like oh no he wants her so much he's so horny until like much later where he's like I can smell you everything about you is amazing like and then my thing one of my favorite moments is in that same I guess it's the meadow where the they almost kiss and then he she like goes for it and he like takes off and suddenly Mm -hmm. he's like 20 yards away at the edge of the clearing, like Mm. that's again where Sarah came
3: online, like, Oh my God, (laughs) (laughs) he can't bear it. He can't bear it. Yeah, But that's why Midnight Sun was so great because I didn't really understand what it was that Edward saw in Bella. She was just sort of an every girl. I didn't see what was tremendously special about her until I read Midnight Sun. Mm. And he talks about all the ways that she is sort of her, her stumbling her like kind of, Falling into trouble and all of these things that she is sort of, he feels in a way built for him, and um, that helped me understand it a lot. I thought Midnight Sun was so much, like so much better written than Twilight. That first draft, well, she learned how much yeah, she course. had grown as a writer. Yeah. yeah, and also Edward's thoughts are just completely different than Bella's. His way of speaking and thinking. So, uh, yeah. So what? Tell you talk about something
1: called life and death. What's that? That's what okay, Lauren so... is reading from.
2: No, this this one has both. So it has, it has twilight both. and then it has the life and death. What's it's that? like the special edition. It's the okay. 10th anniversary special edition.
3: Yeah, so Stephanie Meyer says in like the foreword in it that her editors came to her um, to ask if she wanted to do something for the 10th anniversary. Like, and they meant just maybe like write a little like opening, like a little letter or something. And obviously everybody wanted Midnight Sun. And she totally says that in this. Look, I know a ton of you guys are going to be mad and you want Midnight Sun. Like, I absolutely get it, but that's not what this is. And I'm sorry. And so she sort of, um, Life and Death is a retelling of Twilight, but it is gender-swapped. And she did that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she had a ton of reasons. And Lo and I went to a signing where she talked about it at the Grove. And I can't actually remember most of it, I think.
1: Wait, I'm sorry. It's gender swap, meaning Bella is the vampire? So, yeah. Okay,
3: so Bella is now Bo. He's the human. And uh, Edward is Edith. And she's a vampire. And one of the reasons she did it was to show that... Um, That Twilight is about, it's not about like their genders and stuff. I think she even says this in the foreword. It is about the like obsession and frenzy and magic of first love. That that's like what is important. And that those things don't change based on what gender they are. But also that a lot of people, and I'm going to say she wrote this sort of for me because I'm one of those people, gave Edward a pass for a lot of shit because he was a guy. Mm, and I that's romance classic. and hassled. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, looked down on Bella for a lot of the things she did. Cause we are just so much harder on, on women in books. And I, as after reading it, it was like, I was like, holy cow. I mean, we, I've always known this about myself, but it was really crazy to see. And it's funny because Bo in life and death is Bella. He is a, he is a cinnamon roll. He yeah. cooks for his mom. He does her bills. He takes care of her. He moves so that she can go on. He still cooks. Oh, and I will say Charlie is, um, still Charlie and okay. Renee is still Renee because one of the things that, uh, Stephanie Meyer says is that she had to take into consideration how it would change their story and she couldn't see back then somebody giving custody to um the dad i can't even remember what, what it was whatever yeah. but anyway so it tells this story and it ends at the end of twilight it's like 90 percent of twilight and then like the last 10 percent is like the other books condensed it has a completely different ending mm-hmm. it like um a completely different ending i don't know if anybody wants to know what it is but
0: very. Different. I feel like it's okay to spoil this thing that's now okay.
3: Twenty years so, old. <laughs> uh, they don't get there in time at the ballet studio, and so Beau has been bitten and he is bleeding and everything. And I think at first Edith goes to try and suck the poison out, and like what I think Alice is Archie, and Archie's the his like his vision changes of the future, and he says, "Wait, wait, wait." There's only two outcomes now. Either he's going to die or you're going to have to change him. You have to decide. Oh, and Edith uh, says, clever. I can I can never, I'm so sorry. I cannot make this decision for you. I would never dream of making this decision for you. Um, I wish I could die instead of you having to make this decision, but you need to tell me what you want. Do you want to live as a vampire or do you want me to let you go and die as a human? And Beau decides that he wants to be a vampire. And then the, I think the epilogue is like the funeral and so there's never, he never has any time to make any, do any closure, anything. No. Jacob, who is, I think, Julie, is not a big part in those books at all because he, like there's never, nobody ever turns into a wolf. Um, it's totally different. So if that would have been the book, then I don't think there would have been thick because that tension and like. Well, that also resolves itself. It like, resolves itself. Yeah. There wasn't four books of, you know, cock blocking essentially. So. <laughs> All right, I want
1: to talk about some things as a
3: yes. first reader,
1: and also I want to sort of try and dig into why this is such a, like, primordial romance in a lot of ways for this generation of romance, right? Um, first of all, I want to say the thing, I, I said I would say the things that I knew going Oh yeah. in. I knew he sparkled, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it feels oh, like sure. how could I not know that? In Sunlight. I knew he watched her when she slept. Mm-hmm. Um. I knew there was a car situation, a saving, <laughs> like... Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was a werewolf. <laughs> Although that was a surprise for me because at some point, literally like three quarter, a oh, quarter of the way through the book, I was like, wait, isn't there a werewolf in this book? Like... Oh, yeah, not <laughs> for a while. Jacob doesn't show up and then Jacob is just around to tell you vampire lore, which is fascinating. I know. Um, and I knew from like gifts online... That that he shows her that he sparkles like after she does a whole like your skin is cold yeah and, yeah. Like, yeah blah 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 and he says say it and she says vampire which is not at all how it works in the book nope nope yeah.
3: not at all
1: she like but the the how long have you been seventeen is which yes, is
3: like such great line yeah 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 oh. I love it
2: <laughs> so it's
1: really interesting to me because one of the things that I was really fascinated by was like how chill Bella is. About, like, yes. all of it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. which is, I guess, there's something very wonderful about it in the sense that she was like, I'm into this guy. And I, I think, I'd, like, she's in. I mean, she says, like, right away, she's like, I'm in love with him. Like, that's yeah. obvious. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's like chapter nine or something. So soon. Chapter, I mean, it's super early. She's like, I am irrevocably, yeah, it's irrevocably dramatic. In love with him. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. Calm
1: down. And the, the emotions, I think that's what it is. Like, Bella's emotions are like, dialed up to 11 whenever she has them. She doesn't, and she's so, yeah, yeah. like, flat much of the time. And I don't say that in a pejorative way. Like, she's just such an even person. And then he just, like, sends her haywire. Um, but I was surprised by, like, she doesn't ever, like, have a moment where she's like, oh, this is terrifying.
2: Nope.
3: Mm-mm. If anything, she, she says it's scary that she's not scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she just like, yeah. accepts
1: him. She's like, this is, it's like warts and all. It's like the cornerstone of a romance, right? Where yeah. like, somebody sees you for what you are and loves you for the monster inside.
3: Mm-hmm. I think-
2: Yeah, I mean, w- honestly, what scares Bella most is not having him, right. not being near him. And so I think that's one of the reasons why, and I'm curious to know if you're going to move on to the other books, Sarah, like <laughs> that's why New Moon was so inspirational. It was so inspiring to me to, as a writer because you just- Feel bereft for her. You know, no yeah. matter how you feel about Bella in Twilight,
1: those Bella in Moon, man, those phases.
0: Did you get Jennifer that far, Sarah?
1: No, I have. You- I mean, no, okay. I'm familiar with those blank pages, but I will. Yeah. I mean, I will. I'll read the next one for sure. This, what was interesting to me also was the structure of this book was so, there was so much, mm, there wasn't a ton happening for so much at the beginning. And then mm-hmm. all that, like, external plot starts to happen. Yeah. You're
3: surprised when the baseball game yeah, like, well, Yeah, and
1: it really does feel, I joke that, like, I came online at that scene where, like, she's almost assaulted in the, you know, whatever, right. and he picks her up and he throws her in the car. First of all, you're all wrong. The best line of this book is, put your seatbelt on. <laughs> yeah. Like, where he's just like, yeah. I have to keep, like... All, I can't think I'm, like, full, as we say here at the podcast, McReeve brain, speaking of other vampires. right. <laughs> yeah, and, like, all I care about is you putting your seatbelt on. Um, yeah. And so, uh, but from that moment on, like, it's just, like, now we're cooking with yes. gas. And then it doesn't surprise me that there's so much more story to tell because i really mm-hmm. do feel like stephanie meyer was there's such a long runway to the point where oh yeah. yes you're yeah. like oh now shit's gonna happen
2: no honestly i do agree that the beginning of the book is a little slow like mm-hmm. i was thinking i was gonna go back and reread it and um so i read a little bit and then i was like i can't do this again like partly <laughs> right. because partly because i mean i've only read each of the books one time which is wild considering like how much time I spend in the fandom. And I feel like I know them really well, but I think that's the thing is like, there's so many pieces, even if fandom doesn't do it exactly, it takes a, a true piece from many different places mm-hmm. in the book. And so I just feel like I've seen it so many times, but yeah, the beginning you're right. It's like a really long not very steep ramp, <laughs>
1: but it, it <laughs> right. feels like YA though. Like it is yeah, this, this is about is this is Bella's story. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I think that's the part that's one of the things really funny is I just had this really vivid memory, and I think it must have been after the second book. At school, we actually had like a Twilight party, and you had to come wearing like a Team Edward or Team Jacob shirt, or, or like I somehow like announce your affiliation, and like like that was a huge thing, and like looking back. I, I so I will tell you, I I read all the books. Um I have never reread or been interested in rereading any of the books after Twilight. I've reread Twilight a couple times. I think it's still like I'm I'm just like sort of fascinated in the way it works. I, not in a long time. Um what what's the fourth one called again? Breaking Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn. That was a hard as a teacher. I'm really i st- I'm not talking about as a reader here. As a teacher, as someone who, like, worked with young preteen – like, you know, tweens and teenage girls, I was really upset actually about him withholding again after marriage. And I, yeah. like, would have these conversations with my students where I was like, you know, it's okay for you to think sex is great. Like, it is. And when you're married, <laughs> like, for a man to actually do this is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it was really hard for me to not – again, like, my – everything about my reading this book is so embedded in my teaching life. That I can't, I can't, like, turn that off. But it's funny because, like, looking back, I, like, barely remember Jacob. Like, that is, I was Edward all the way. Can I ask
1: about Jacob? Because.
0: Ask them. I don't know. Team
1: Edward, (laughs) team Jacob, right? Like, this is another thing that I could have put on my list. Like, I know there's a werewolf. And I know that a lot of people felt that they were Team Jacob, but it's hard to believe that anybody would be Team Jacob immediately following this particular one. No, no. And I don't know what no, comes
2: out of Twilight. I think they come out of um, New Moon and Eclipse. Yes. Those are the he Because he becomes more when... of a prominent yes. figure.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. So, and wasn't it. a the... question? Who
2: she would yeah, end I... up with? Oh, yeah. Because oh, so in New was... Moon, what happens is um, at, be- at Bella's birthday party, she gets cut. And Jasper loses his shit and like almost kills her, and the uh, the rest oh, of the family hang stops. hang
1: on a second, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yes. it is. <laughs> and so <laughs> she puts so, that on the page here, and I kept waiting for Jasper to lose his shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, Alice is uh, like it, it knows it too, right? Like she's aware mm-hmm. of having to protect well, she people sees from Jasper. As soon as
2: Bella gets cut, she sees what you know what I mean. She sees all what happens. So like everything oh, that happens, it shows her the possibilities,
1: right? So and she can and see so, it in this book too. It's clear. Yeah.
0: But yeah. she doesn't see it. I until actually want to talk about Alice made. when you're yeah. done.
2: I think Alice is great.
0: Alice uh, is great. Fick
2: Alice and Fick Jasper, I think, are hotness second only to mm, Ella and I think Fick Jasper is like the hottest shit. He's so hot. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, there's we can talk about the problematic a, aspects of
1: the vampire, yeah, just barely con- constrained, You're right? So wait, yes. Lauren. So I'm sorry, you were saying. So Jacob, I cut okay, you off. so too.
2: so anyway, I mean, spoiler alert, but it's been out for a long time, so I'm sorry to ruin this for you, <laughs> sorry Sarah, Sarah. I'm the but only N-word. person who hasn't yeah. read it, so it's fine. <laughs> But Edward basically he like sees this as I'm not good for her. Like I know that this is dangerous, so he leaves, and he tells her basically that the family's moving on, and he doesn't want her to come with him. And so Bella, the blank pages, is just like fucking devastated. It is a it. it,
1: Wait, so this is the cold open of New Moon, Jasper? No, it's a
3: couple. It's her birthday.
2: It, it's a yeah. it's like it's like a couple chapters in it's that's, a
0: couple chapters that's a, in
3: that's a bomb it's pretty that's a very yeah. good beginning yeah, yeah. he's to, not yes. in most of the book edward is not in most of new moon right and, and, so and there, that's why and, jacob comes on the scene so, so he's the
2: romance. one that kind of helps because so bella starts sort of um danger seeking because when she's like doing something dangerous she imagines edward is there telling to her to save be her. safe. yeah
0: and so she Put starts doing belt. more and
2: more reckless things to be able to see him. And because Jacob is building motorcycles and he's, she like basically takes, goes to him to help him build her, build a motorcycle so that she can like see Edward more. But in the process, she and Jacob become genuinely close. And so he really falls for her. So by the time Edward comes back at the end of new moon, you know, Jacob is like, you know, what happened? I thought that we were getting closer. So eclipse the book is basically, um, uh, the whole premise is just this like push pull between Edward, team Edward and Jacob. versus team right. Jacob, right. yeah. And 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 I think there is a scene both in the book and in the movie for Eclipse that really plays that so beautifully. Um, and it's the scene where um, they're having to kind of hide away from a group of vampires that's hunting them. And they're at the top of this mountain and it's super, super cold and the wolves are really hot blooded and they're really warm and they're trying to keep Bella from freezing to death. So like Jacob has to basically take off his shirt and Mm. and hold her in his arms and Edwards outside keeping, you know, watch to make sure they're safe. And it's just like. Edward can hear everything Jacob's thinking about holding Bella, you know, in this yeah. shirtless, oh. in this pen. <laughs> listen, great. It's,
0: great. listen. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's well, great. I mean, it really is. So, I mean, I, yeah. And so, so I, I think, think your name, Edward, like, like, and T. Jacob was. that always
1: was, the plan? Yeah do we
3: know about think, Stephanie Meyer's sort of like process I mean if I'm if I'm honest I think that Stephanie Meyer became a little team Jacob as it sort of went on oh. and Renesmee is is the way to like give Jacob Oh wait I know about this too there's a baby and Jacob
1: a grown person imprints, imprints on a baby Yes,
3: that, But, that but I I she's not sexual. I mean, I it's
1: will not- say <laughs> technically a grown person has imprinted on a child in Twilight, but we'll just leave that alone. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes,
2: yes. Yes. And also, like, the Renesmee thing, he it's like she's half vampire, half human, and so she ages differently. So, like, she's oh. immortal but she goes through her age really fast so like when she's three she looks like 12 when she you know what i mean so i think that's the way they do it to make. i mean in okay. the movies at least well, to make so it i remember we're just gonna tandem,
3: let that go pretend yeah. that yeah. yeah. i didn't in, read let that, let that book so let's not in big <laughs> world there was this gif that had jacob like pocket popping up and he was like seven yet no <laughs> oh, okay no! And he <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh
1: no! <laughs> the whole me
2: thing is so bites. creepy. I just
1: yeah.
0: it's hard I think we get. just all like have to let, let it like you have to back. let it go.
1: Let's go back to Twilight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about Alice? Because <laughs> yes. Alice is amazing. Yes.
3: Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting, yeah. right?
1: Because I think again, like coming from just what I learned in the world through Osmosis, like I think the dad. Is Somebody who I'm aware of, like I was aware of before I started reading the like Carlisle, yeah, Charlie. I'm sorry, Carlisle. Okay, but the but for me, like Alice is such an electric character. I know, yes, Yes. and like as a romance reader, I'm like, I want Alice's book you know yeah. like
0: agree I guess that's yeah. what thick filled in the hole and for it's interesting you yeah,
1: because yeah. at the end of Twilight you can sort of see how because there's that epilogue where they're together and very happy and like it's sort of all great and you can sort of see like oh there is an alternate universe whereas Stephanie Meyer wrote Alice's book next and then like mm-hmm. you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: the call it was the Cullen family saga instead yeah. of the but she's great she's so thoughtful she's so critical to the plot at the end and I like I know <laughs> in every book and, 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 in every, every book, book yeah every
2: book oh alice is the reason why the books like she everything hinges on alice like in twilight again mm-hmm. in new moon i don't know if it's as true in eclipse but it's well, definitely an true in an and awfully gone. good skill like yeah, yeah. yeah i right? will say yes. though like book alice is much um like more like otherworldly and kind of creepy than movie alice
0: well i yeah. loved
2: the moment where it was like she was in a, the revelation
1: that like the bad guy james is that a james name? Yeah. had like been involved with alice like had been stalking alice that whole yeah. ending was c- confusing for me and i yeah, assume yeah. like it's partially because i haven't read the rest of the books but like it tees up so for anybody who hasn't watched like in the third act, they play baseball, the Collins play baseball, and when they are playing baseball, bad vampires show up, three bad vampires, yeah. and it's sort of presented as like they wander into Cullen territory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're nomadic vampires. But then suddenly it feels like maybe they didn't wander in, like maybe they were coming for some reason from But then they become obsessed with Bella because everybody in the whole book is – and, like, (laughs) everybody's obsessed with Bella. Human men, Mm -hmm. human boys are obsessed with Bella, right? And then Edward feels like he has to protect her. Alice, he can read their minds. Alice can see the future. There's, like, suddenly everybody's moving. All the pieces are shifting. Um, And then – you know, without getting too deep in the weeds, there's a lot of movement. Like they move from Seattle back to Phoenix and then her mother's in danger. Right. And there's this bad vampire, James. And when he finally gets his like claws into Bella to use her arguably to like bring Mm
2: -hmm. Edward
1: and the Cullens to him, he sort of reveals that he was there at the time of Alice's turning. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it's like, I mean, I don't know. Alice just feels, she starts to feel like the biggest character in the whole book
0: because yeah. she's like a proto-Nyx, Sarah.
3: But that's yeah. why you Stephanie love her. But yeah, Stephanie Meyer has said, she, she, they announced that she's writing, I think like three more books. Oh, really? And, you know, she did, She did. there's a book that's got this character, Brie. I did not read that one. Brie is a vampire, like a, what do they call them when they're young? I forget. Newborn. newborn. A newborn vampire that we first see in England. I think no, it was Eclipse. Like, is it? Oh, yeah, when they're eclipse. making the army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we see her. And Stephanie Meyer wrote her story. And I think a lot of people were like, yeah, I don't really, I don't care about this. But I think a lot of people are hoping she is going to write Alice and Jaspers, or mm-hmm. at least Alice's Because thought.
1: Alice's origin story is that yes. she was in a, an institution, she was institutionalized in like yep. at the turn of the century and like yeah. suffering from like going through electroshock therapy. I mean, like really in a traumatic experience- and then a doctor at the hospital where she was in, interred changes her. Yeah. Yes. And she can't remember her human life at all. I mean, like, it's fascinating. Yeah. But then I sort of had this moment as a writer and a reader where I was like, why is this guy telling me Alice, like, why is Alice so pivotal? And so well, you're yeah, telling me it that for the rest later. of the books, I, do we find out eventually why Alice is. You don't know. My, my you know what
3: I'm trying reading, to think? But... So Alice is Archie in Life and Death and like one of the best characters of the whole book. And I think maybe we learn more because it's funny because Jasper, whoever Jasper, I can't remember the name of the girl version of Jasper is not a Confederate soldier because one of the changes that Stephanie Meyer made was that he wouldn't have a woman who was in the Confederate army mm. back then. Was that Jas- um, That's
1: Jasper's origin story. He was a Confederate
3: soldier. Yeah. Yes. He's a Confederate soldier. You learned that in new moon. Um, but also there's no mention of sexual assault or threat of sexual assault at all in um, life and oh, death yeah. because uh, Bo would not be in danger in the same way. Oh. And Rosalie is now Royal in life and death and rosalie's backstory is that she was sexually assaulted and is left to die and so both of those pieces are removed so it's really interesting Mm. because i know a lot of people did not like the like using you know threat of sexual assault as a tool in twilight yeah but you know get in the car put on your seatbelt put on your (laughs) your seatbelt on and then he gets
1: to say they touched you and now i want them to die Which is like real romance moment.
0: It's fascinating to me to think back because it's like fascinating to me. A Hunger Like No Other came out. I mean, right, like the hunger – I mean <laughs> – uh, Lauren just like physically –
1: had a physical reaction because it's so But good. I mean,
0: you know what I'm saying? Like what vampires was – Vampires were in the what ether. What was in the ether? Not just like vampires but also like this like ever-knowing like kind of – Alice and Nix have a lot in common, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like this ability to like see the future and it's all very con- – I mean it's a different way it manifests. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a like- woman
1: in the um, J.R. Ward series too in Black Dagger Brotherhood, The the – Shit, I forgot Fury and she are, are
0: Yeah. I mean, like right, the scribe, scribe version. But I mean, it's just like really fascinating the way that like these different authors I mean the you know, publication dates aside, like they're they are so close that they were just being written concurrently by different people in different places. Yeah. Like what on earth was going on? Like it's really fascinating to think about You know, we talked about the rise of Paranormal in response to 9-11, but like, what is the rise of this particular woman as a character, this Cassandra-like character already? Well, I also
2: think like, you know, in the
0: 80s... I can see the future, but you'll listen to me.
2: Mm. But also like, if you're just thinking about heroes that are like, like, he touches you and now I want him to die. Like, we were able to have that as like in a contemporary or historical setting and sort of not feel ashamed as like feminist to feel that right and so I think letting like vampires do it where it's their nature and their monsters that like it forgives it right it forgives it a little and so I do wonder like what is the female character that is the Alice character It sort of like steers the story somehow I don't know but she Sarah I really want you to read the rest of the books now because if you love Alice I feel like you'll be like she comes on
1: she comes alive
2: now yeah, I mean, yeah it's and clear, even breaking like, dawn
1: it really all of its
2: flaws yeah yeah
1: i had a lot of questions i mean now i i think i will read the rest of them i'm going away for the month of july and i'm going to take them with me because i'm so curious as to like why the story breaks here where it does
2: mm-hmm. like they yeah.
1: knowing that there are three more books so
2: and i had a great just a time lot reading this book
1: by the way like There was so much about it. I mean, I was thinking so much about you you all in your writing and thinking about, you know, all the other books that I've read that I know have come from writers who found inspiration here in this book and these characters. And I think there is so much to mine here. And also, I think, like, there is... Something very powerful about this. There's something very primordial about this story. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could totally see why a generation of teenagers were just
2: electrified by it. And I mean, every signing we have, literally every single signing, we have at least one, but usually more than one person who comes up and says, I have been reading you since fandom. Wow. Amazing. I mean, yeah. it's just you know, people they stick around. They really, I feel like this fandom more than more than any I've been in, except for maybe Buffy, is very tight knit and like you know introduces themselves in. That
3: also, way. and I wonder. It's also oh, go ahead. Oh, it's also funny because yesterday we had a tweet that was from somebody who we were friends with in fandom. And every time we would release a book, she would sort of give us crap because we were releasing so many so fast and stuff. And she goes, let me tell you, I had the most surreal moment yesterday when my youngest daughter brought me a copy of the unhoneymooners and was like, Oh my God, mom, these are my favorite authors. And she was like, <laughs> me oh too. Crap, I have known them for like 13 years. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, I was just like. That's so crazy.
2: So Okay, but Sarah, are we gonna watch the movie together? Oh my god, can Cass- you? Oh,
3: please yeah. do Listen, it. The well, movies let's do are a great, live.
2: Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to figure out how to do it. But that would be
1: really, oh really fun. God. Let's do it. I will it. literally fly to you. <laughs> I all, all hang to out like, on, on my couch. <laughs> just we'll sit in a row. Let's
0: do it. Let's okay. do, do it. I will uh. be
1: there tonight. In six hours. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I have a question though. Like a, a question for the two of you. What do you think most Influenced you from these books and this story as writers? What did you take away and sort of evolve for yourselves? Are you able to sort of think
2: about that? I think it's okay. I think what I learned is that it's okay. Okay, I have a big theory about this in terms of my life and my writer brain in general that I'll get to, but I think it's, it's, it showed me that it's okay to sh- have the characters be completely obsessed with each other. there's something romance readers really love Mm -hmm. about this sort of the faded, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're on faded mates, this sort of like, I will die without you feeling. And so I have this feeling of like, when I was in graduate school, I think I told one of you guys this story that I read an article and it was this article about how, um, It was a a study on couples that had been married for a really long time. And it looked at brain activity when they were heard their other significant other's voice, when they saw their face, when they talked about them, when they recalled memories. And it looked at what parts of the brain would light up in these people that had been together forever. And it found that in like five to 15% of the long term married couples, they had um, the same brain pattern. When they were discussing their, you know, wife of 20 years as couples did who had just started dating. And it was like there was this group of people who never fell out of that infatuated stage. And so I think my sort of, you know, we if we think of ourselves as authors who kind of are telling the same story again and again, in just different ways we have that sort of one true story that we're telling. Sure. For me, I think that is the story that we try and tell all the time is I want to write every book to have a couple that would be in that 5 to 15%, right? Yeah. And I think that that's what really spoke to me in Twilight is this idea that you have a love that is so deep and eternal and they never fall out of love. And in this case, it's because they're vampires. But that was really like the story that I wrote in fic over and over and the story I that just I gonna tried to say that. In. Yeah. From, you know, in our Christina Lauren books, like I want to think every one of our couples would be in that subset.
3: I was just going to say that that is exactly the character. I mean, Lowe's Lowe's Edward was called Blissword, Word. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes sense. Um, I think for me, what one of the things that um, Stephanie Meyer says in that foreword is that Twilight is about the like obsession and frenzy and magic of first love. Um, and it's the feelings that I got when I was reading it, but also the feeling like my best and worst trait is my ability to love something with like every fiber (laughs) of my being. And I, I want like that feeling when I read those books, I want to write books that make people feel that, and that make people feel like they can be part of something and um so I think that that's why signings are so amazing is because when yeah. readers come up and they feel, I mean, like, in, you know, not to like bring it back to true love experiment, but like Fizzy's whole thing is about joy and romance writers and how they are her people. And yeah. it is, it's for me, it's that feeling of like being in a community where we all are so crazy obsessed about the same thing Mm -hmm. and in romance it's happily ever afters and love and that feeling of like carbonation in our bloodstream. (laughs) And, um, so I think that that's what it was for me is wanting to like the things that I loved in twilight when he's sarcastic and funny and the swoons and the kissing and the, you know, my heart is going to stop beating if I can't see him. I just, I want other people to feel that.
0: I think I'm one of the things for me that I think the power of Twilight and I, I guess Harry Potter too um although that's so tarnished now it's like hard to, mm-hmm. how yeah, to wow. hard to talk about that, right? but um, you know, I was a big reader as a kid like obviously we all were, but books did not have any kind of power like this when I was a kid, not in not for my books. So now I vividly remember like, when all my mom and her friends read like the thorn birds <laughs> oh yeah right oh, yeah. i mean so like the i kind of understood that there were books that but like the idea that like everyone would read the same book at the same time mm-hmm. and be having that like same cultural experience not driven by a movie or a television show that like water cooler talk could be driven by a book That was really powerful to me, like, just as a reader and also, right, like, I spent a lot of time, like, again, I'm talking about my students, like, really explicitly thinking, like, sometimes, like, I never would have been able to talk to my teachers about the romance novels I loved when I was this age because I was ashamed of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And the idea that like at school we could have a twilight party and you know what I mean? Like that was really powerful to me in a way of thinking about like, I don't know, just like how something culturally had shifted in the way that um, we all that books could have that same kind of power over us.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you're making me think of, you know, the the trajectory, the sort of history of it all. And it does feel like prior to Twilight, there weren't romances everyone was reading and then discussing.
3: No. Is it because there was no social media and there was, yeah, you know, well, like that, when, when Jen talks about that, I'm like, Jen, you are so primed for a fandom. If, like, love <laughs> when she has a fandom. Was, You're on yeah. it. Oh,
0: that's true. That's true. Romance is my fandom, everybody. Um,
1: but I do think <laughs> you know. that since Twilight, you can sort of mark reading legends Right. Yeah. And like, Hunger yeah. Games as romance yeah. books, like yeah. books that have where Shades. the romance leans forward. Shades, right. Yeah. And even yeah. now, right now, with Emily Henry just Emily like sitting Henry. at the top of the list every time mm-hmm. she puts a book out, you know, yeah. these are, these are, there is a, there is an, ex- it, romance has become more and more accepted. And it feels like Twilight was a line in the sand.
3: Yeah. I agree. Because I agree. there
1: were so many of you. Mm-hmm. I agree.
3: And that we all looked
1: different. Yeah. And had different life experiences. And eight, different, and eight,
3: it, crossed, it yeah. crossed
1: all boundaries. Yeah. I also yeah.
2: think the timing dovetailed really interestingly, though. The timing of the books to the movies, because mm-hmm. I think, I'm not sure, but I think Breaking Dawn came out just before the movie did, the Twilight movie. Mm-hmm. I think they were spaced that way, which would kill me if I had had to read those one
0: at a time. <laughs> Um, I remember, like, the anticipation we had. Yeah. For- yeah.
2: Um, But I think, like, you know, it dovetailed in time perfectly with the rise of independent publishing, with the rise of these online fan fiction spaces. Yes. Like, right. those things, it was sort of this zeitgeist of, like, romance yeah. writing online mm-hmm. and being able to put it out there, both in terms of websites, but also in terms of self-pub. And I just think, you know, Twilight kind of, I think was the spark, but that stuff was just ready. Also
3: they like one of the things Lo and I had talked about is in like, um, to all the boys i loved before, Mm -hmm. one of the things they did so well is that they, I remember them like posting a picture of the two love interests, like like they had fallen asleep together on the couch Mm -hmm. or something. And I was like, listen, I don't care if that's staged. That's That's, how you get investment. That's what you do. And And Lo Lo and I were friends with one of the people who ran the Twilight Facebook group, like the official Twilight Facebook group. And there was this, like, they embraced fandom. Like, they knew. And, like, Stephanie Meyer was so smart to let thick happen because she knew that's where, like, the people like us went that buy everything and see everything, (laughs) read everything. And they just were really, really smart as, like, a franchise. I mean, also
1: world domination right like domination yes. romance as we've been talking about this whole time but it is impossible to talk about the impact of twilight on ya i mean oh, absolutely absolute Especially explosion you worked in illusion of YA. yeah i i came the, the the reason why i think probably the reason why i didn't read what twilight was that i was working for scholastic at the time and it was just constant right it was yeah, like i'm sure there was just so much ya fantasy that had these like Big, romantic oh, yeah. love triangles. I mean, you couldn't throw stone and not hit you know, right. one of these huge fantasy franchises that was riding this very big wave. And I think that is the one thing, like the way Twilight impacted publishing for largely women mm-hmm. in those, you know, what, 10 years after
3: its publication across the board. And I don't remember, but I'm sure that's when everybody was like, What's the next YA thing? What's the next franchise? Oh my thing god, franchise? it was
1: everything. It was like Yeah. You know it was yeah. I, I and you think about it, right? You think about um, you know, Divergent and you think about uh what Cami Garcia and Mar Marky Mar- books. Yeah like so many. Okay, but do you
3: know, I, I remember Stephanie Meyer posting about Hunger Games Hunger on her Games. website. Yeah. Because there wasn't a lot of places to get Twilight info, but her brother or something ran her website, and there was all this information about the cars because she was a real like gearhead, and <laughs> um, like which is apparently I mean, unsurprising, if read, considering especially on the books. if you read Midnight Sun. There's a lot, a lot of <laughs> oh cars yeah, Edward loves yeah. Yes, right. yes, and um everything and I remember very specifically going to the site one day and there was the cover of Hunger Hunger Games Games. and she was essentially like saying hey I read this and it's amazing
1: well and Hunger Games did the sort of flips the whole thing around what what Suzanne Collins did was told this like really conflict-laden like external story yes but there was this sort of secondary will they won't they is it Gail is it PETA Yes, yeah, right, but yes.
0: that doesn't also really appear in the first book as much. I mean, right? Like the, well, the Gail, actual, yeah. P-
1: Gail is like home, right,
0: right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. It's you know, I here's the Peta thing I think is, like, it's really interesting. Bread in the woods. Yeah, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is like fair or not. Like one of the things I think, again, this is like in my perspective as a teacher. I think one of the things. The like for me, one of the like negative publishing, like repercussions of Twilight is, um, like the rise of all YA being released in hardcover. The rise of the like a base assumption that like YA is really for adults. That there's really no true kind of like like every every YA book now is really. It felt like, you know, like, publishers realized, like, oh, if we hit this right, we could get everyone reading YA. And that was, like, a exception. I mean, there are exceptions, right? Everyone read Twilight. Everyone read The Hunger Games. But, like, not every YA book needs to mm-hmm. be for, like, that kind of general audience. And yeah. I think there's a way in which, like, for my students, that's been hard, right? Like, that's yeah. been kind of a hard thing is – there's a, like, sometimes kids will talk to me in a way, like, they don't really have the words for it. But what I can tell they're saying is, like, this didn't feel like it was for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, right? Yeah. But this yeah. book
1: and, feels like it's for them. Oh, yeah. yeah I was, absolutely. I was going into it thinking it wouldn't feel that way. It like, does. How could, no, it In my it head, as, like, a, you know, 40-something-year-old woman, I was like, how could this possibly feel like it's for kids when so many people are but so obsessed with it? But it yeah. really does. The first yeah. Half of it feels like real,
3: yes, like kid feelings. Yeah, but I think the thing that makes it accessible to adults and why so many women loved it was that Edward is seventeen, but he's not. Yeah, 17. put your seatbelt <laughs> really on. Genius. Is not a Short. thing seventeen year olds. <laughs> <says>. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. No, right. and there's
1: another there's another line in that moment. Wait, I flagged it. Like he, I mean, suddenly in that scene, the re. I mean, like that scene is so I'm. Jen, of course, that's the scene you remember. He is a pure romance hero here. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he says all sorts of things that only grown men say.
3: Yes,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and Absolutely. that's where you're like, oh wait, this book. Is that's when me. Jen <laughs> came
0: online too. Yeah, for well, sure. Well, because oh, he's oh,
3: like, you know, she, you know, when she realizes he's speeding or something, he's yeah. sort of flippant about it. Like, I, I have built-in radar detector. Yeah, and like I would be fine. And then he realizes, but you wouldn't. And that's right. when he slows down. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I mean, and that's the thing. I really feel like, gosh, talk about ca- like capturing lightning in a bottle. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it feels, right? Like there's so many books where you're just, you know, so few books have that ability to sort of, I don't know, like dig right into the, yeah, like the beating heart of a culture. <laughs> and I think Twilight was one of them. And it's really fascinating. It's it's fascinating like, the impact it's had, it's fascinating the way we still interact with it. It's, it, I just think it's – but I think it's uh, – I'm interested if it has a resurgence to see how, like, a new generation of readers interacts with something that is now – right? Like, there's – In the world. Yeah. 15 years of difference between them – Like, it's writing and them coming to it. Well, it's interesting, (laughs) right? Because
1: when I first started writing, my first book was a YA novel, and it was in 2009. So, like, in the wake of Twilight, right? And it was a romance. And I had lots and lots of friends who also came out at the same time in 2009 with me, like, at that sort of in that YA world. And one of the things that my friend Carrie Ryan always said was YA was really special because we were in that time where it was such, it was really like the rise of YA still there. Like you really, when we were all young and young adults, like we didn't have anything close to this kind of Mm -hmm. choice, right? When it came to the books that we were reading. And she used to say like when you're writing a romance into a YA you really can like tap into like the most pure version of a trope Mm -hmm. because it's fresh for Mm -hmm. a teenager
2: they've never seen it
1: before they've never seen Faded Mates they've never seen Reluctant Obsession they've (laughs) never seen Put Your Seatbelt On so Mm -hmm. it like feels like intense for them in a way that we where we all say like oh we've seen this before this is just like really well done um, but what's interesting is so much of the stuff that's in Twilight is now all over because yeah. it's mm-hmm. so ubiquitous and sure. influential. Mm-hmm. Sarah, do you,
0: remember when we read, do you remember when we read – do you remember when we read – I think it was like Gentle Rogue and I was kind of like – some books you read and you're like, i read all the derivations of it and then I just read like the original and now I see where the blueprint came from. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that there are people who – are steeped in Twilight tropes without knowing it. And then they're going to mm-hmm. go ahead and read it and be like, oh, this, I this is now. where it came from. Yeah. Right. But I think that's how I feel when I see Chosen One trope with, and I, you know,
2: I try and get my kids to watch Buffy and I'm like, look at this, this like, yeah. I'm like this is shows weren't doing this before and it looks yeah. so dated and every show has the chosen one. And, you know, right. um, and so I do think that there are those sort of foundational texts yep. and Twilight is a foundational text for so many things yeah. that followed. Um, but you have and,
1: like, yeah, is a foundational text relevant to
2: more than just like us nerds, you know? yeah oh first i mean i think so consciously for us yes unconsciously for everyone else maybe yeah you know
3: yeah but i'll be interested to see if they can capture that since they're doing a television show yeah if they can capture that lightning in a bottle i tell you what i'm gonna watch the
2: shit out of that no i am too and i'm also
3: (laughs) curious to see if i would expect so to change yeah. some of the things that now looking back we go, Oh, that wasn't really great. Yeah. Like, Oh, that yeah. wasn't, you know, with like Jacob's whole story and, and, you know, it's a, a very, I mean, you Bella moves to a very white place. Yes. So the books sort of look like that, but will they change those sort of things? Like I'm really curious to see what they're going to do. At first I was like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not really all that interested in it. And then I was like, you're a liar. Yes, you are
0: a liar. <laughs> 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 oh, um, Amazing. I
3: also just want to say
1: Edward has a musical voice.
0: It's mm. referenced
1: a whole lot. I'm like, what does that sound like?
2: Uh, and he dazzles her. The dazzling, the dazzling. The dazzling. A lot. Literally. Well, that was like,
1: I for a while, because I am also steeped in a lot of romance vampire lore, I was like, wait, is he like glamoring people? Like, what is Right, the-? right. You know, and right. that's really- Which is awesome. not a much better term than dazzling. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but- but I do think that one of the things we, Jen and I just recently did an episode on world building and I was thinking a lot about like the, when we talked about world building, we talked about the rule, how like often in, in paranormal or fantasy or whatever, the rules of the magic are really clear and laid out. But Stephanie Meyer does, it's real light touch, the rules. It's like she's leaving a lot of things open for the future, mm-hmm. which is just smart writing, everyone. Smart.
3: <laughs> Super smart. But it doesn't, like, bog you down. Like, there are right. some, like, fantasy books and stuff you read, and you're just like, I feel so, like I need to be taking notes yeah. as I read it.
1: But it, And yeah. she doesn't do that. Well, again, it's sort of smart because it also feels like that's not what this book is for. Exactly. right. Like, romance reasons are really deep in play here. Versus, oh, like, if it were fantasy, we
0: would have to understand, like, what are all the what are all the right. rules? Right. Yes. yes.
3: Totally. Oh what's god, the to uh, my
0: fix? What's the uh, you know the the uh, evolutionary reason to have vampire sparkle? Like, I would need to know those. Those. Oh questions. my god!
3: <laughs> I don't even remember what the reason was in Twilight.
0: Because he there, dazzles her. It doesn't no matter. Reason. There's no, no it's reason. Dazzling, I mean, maybe dazzling is, is just
3: the way he looks at her. It's, but I, I it's can't a metaphor. Remember. No, he's I just, <laughs> he's like a sea of because It's because his skin is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. His okay. skin of a his killer. Lips, <laughs> of a killer. I am going to say that was one of the most confusing things for me reading the books when she talks about how he feels like marble. I've really had a hard time yeah, like mm-hmm. conceptualizing what that would be feel like or well the twilight or... sex
2: toy this really tried to help you out with that yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not the not chased version i mean of he's tale. not the
1: first romance hero to be described like marble honestly so that's true <laughs> yes yes um you guys, thank you so much for it's joining amazing. us to have this very fun conversation. <laughs> I mean, I've I would like to do to a live the Twilight, the Twilight episode with you forever. Could so. we please do like a Zoom hang to watch this
2: movie?
0: Yes. Sometime oh, yes. soon. We it's so
2: good. It. The movies are actually really great.
0: The movies think... are great. I agree. Yeah, I think I remember being like, no way. And then being like, way
3: <laughs> I mean, Breaking Dawn, though, like, so that is Lowe's daughter's, like, favorite, and I think partially because of the, like, love scenes, and, you know, when they're all breaking I, the night, bed I is fucking but amazing. But it's also partially because it is a lack of you. I have to tell you, when we talk about, about um, you know, our brains being like, wait, was that, did that happen in the book? Did that happen in the movie? Did that, was that, do we read a fic like that? Lowe and I, so you know her friend organizes um the panels at Comic-Con he's in charge of all of that and stuff and uh, he got us tickets to go to the premieres so we saw mm-hmm. the premiere of New Moon did we see that mm-hmm. one together and Eclipse and Breaking Dawn and i mean premiere as in the actors are like in the same theater with you so breaking wow. dawn was like very weird, weird. <laughs> the honeymoon and i was like i don't but um <laughs> them that's in the, the theater s- with mom and dad <laughs> yes exactly the scene in the second Breaking dawn where um sorry spoiler for anybody <laughs> it when carlisle's head gets ripped on <laughs> well, um, that's we a big like, one. no listen we were like <laughs> the entire theater just gasped. yes <laughs> and, and i looked at each other i think holly was with us too and we were like did that happen in the books? Like, have we destroyed yes, right. our brains so much <laughs> that we cannot tell anymore what <laughs> actually happened what was in these Kim? books? Um, it does not happen in the book, Sarah. <gasps> Wait, does he die in, in the book? Don't worry. Don't worry. Well, we'll just have
1: to read it to find out. Oh, my God. Really? Don't make me.
0: I'm going to, but <laughs> I'm going to make you. But now I want to know.
1: I mean, that's so sad. Carlisle's such a gentle soul
0: he is i hate that he's a killer sarah whatever he has the skin of a killer (laughs) he changed all these
1: people you know just so that he
2: could have a family but whatever we love him yeah
1: well i did one of the one things one of the things that i did write in a margin at some point is like this man is in his late 20s and uh, yes yes. no one in forks is surprised that he now has a Full you don't even need sunscreen in that children town there's
0: around. nothing to age you it's true. so it's yep. fine oh my God.
3: <laughs> well i'm so excited you have these ahead of you i, know. I, I will see. now i can open
1: i can open the floodgates in the chat too because i was yes I was now, it right it all up so yes. and i have to
3: say one of the things new moon is probably my favorite so like twilight for the nostalgic and, mm-hmm. and Catherine Hardwick was such a genius when she made that movie. I mean, you cannot see even a flash of the scene of that movie and not know you are watching Twilight because yeah. it is so it's so moody blue. and yeah. blue. Yeah. And, but New Moon is so painful. And for as much as people say about not liking Bella or Kristen Stewart or whatever, that scene when he is basically leaving her is so painful so in the way he says something and she internalizes it a different way. It is the most painful thing I like. But so, so smart
1: because he can't hear her thoughts, right? Yeah. He yes. can't
3: hear how. He can't know. How, so like he was... says, you're not good for me. And she takes it I'm as not good I'm enough, good enough not for enough. you. And it just reinforces every fear that she has. And it is. just, yeah. And then she wakes up screaming and then you see
2: Charlie downstairs hearing her scream. I feel like I cry every yeah. time I watch New Moon. Because also, of, like, the way the dad is, he's just, like,
1: heartbroken for her. Yeah, that is, goofy, yes. is he goofy? That goofy dad who doesn't seem to He's bad a great,
0: he's, listen. He's a great movie dad. He's, he's a great listened. movie dad.
1: He had his own, he had his own,
0: like, team sure charge. He, he came home, yeah. he
1: hung up his gun, didn't take the bullets out, and I was like, what the heck? And then the next this- paragraph is like, he didn't take the bullets out because I'm. You know, I don't know, old enough, I guess.
3: <laughs> no, the scene where she where she's going to introduce Edward to him, and he's cleaning his gun in the movie, and he's like, he's like, bring him in, and he goes, and like, <laughs> 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 so great, awesome, I
2: love him. Movie Charlie is the best. The the, the best thing in the world is
3: watching Twilight with Lowe's. Uh, also, now thirteen year old daughter. I do oh, think I that imagine. it's important
1: to note that Edward Cullen is very concerned about climate change. So, yes, he has so finite, he's resources. Yes. finite resources. he's concerned about finite resources. Later, he cons- he's concerned about over o- hunt- uh, overhunting vulnerable animal populations. Like, these are important conversations. Because he'll
0: be here forever. Listen, he's a good dude.
3: <laughs>
0: uh- I love it amazing i had a
1: we great time amazing. i had an even better time here thank you, all. <laughs> thank, you so thank you stephanie meyer thank you stephanie meyer if you want to come on fated mates as a trailblazer we will. My love god. to
2: have you oh my, my god, god I you. <laughs> us, like,
1: <laughs> i'd pretend to be your assistant we promise <laughs> we won't tell christina and lauren before
0: it's out <laughs> <No>! <laughs> oh so fun thanks everybody uh, this is Fated Mates.
1: I'm Sarah McLean. I'm here with my friend, Jen Procop, Christina Hobbs. At, or, no, wait. Christina Lauren has a new book out. It's called The True Love Experiment. If you love romance novels as much as we love romance novels, you are going to love this book because it's a love letter to romance novels. You can get it wherever books are sold. Uh, They also have a lot of other books that we love, including the most recent uh, Something Wilder and The Soulmate Equation. So head out and read a book by our beloved friends
0: or I guess beautiful bastard if you want to see some oh, twilight yeah. thick in action that's it. and I, that's one of my favorites <laughs>
1: um, we you can find us online at fadedmates.net uh, on twitter at fadedmates on instagram at fadedmatespod uh, we have a discord and a patreon you can learn more about both of those things and talk all the time about twilight and all the books that it inspired by visiting slash patreon Thanks everyone. Hope you sparkle this weekend. <laughs>